I really, I really don't understand the ice cream on the pie thing. I know they do it at, at like restaurants and stuff. It's the that's the that's the uh, the, the 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 a la mode. That's I know. The a la mode. I don't want a la mode. I want my ice cream <laughs> and my pie separate. I don't want cold stuff on my hot pie. <laughs> and I don't think that that's unreasonable. <laughs> Hey, it's Tuesday morning, kids, so, uh, well, or maybe Tuesday afternoon where you are, or maybe even Tuesday evening, or maybe if you're like slacker Alan Bailward, it's probably Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Alan. We love you. Hey, uh, it's, uh, it's on Taking Pictures Day today. Um, we're here each and every week talking about photography Talking about making images, talking about uh, the, 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 the gooey creative stuff that, uh, <laughs> that, that we can't seem to get out of. <laughs> the, the, the gooey stuff between the pie crusts of life. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, no a la mode either. No. Um, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris from FadedAndBlurred.com. And uh, with me, the American New York portrait photographer, Mr. Bill Wadman. Uh, Mr. Mr. William George Wadman, Junior, Junior. Yeah. How do you feel about like the whole Junior thing? You think people should not name their kids after themselves? I was almost a Junior. My my mother wanted me to be named after my father, but my father wouldn't hear of it. <laughs> he's like, that kid's not good enough to be named after me. Like, yeah, what, what yeah. is that? Up? We're not <laughs> even sure he's mine. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just. His, my father's name was John, and. Right. And he was like, you know, you yell John in a room and 20 people turn around. Yeah, I've been there. He just didn't, he didn't like that. One time I was out, quick, quick story. I was out with my father and this guy, Bill Fritzke, who uh, was his boss when he Great was in high name. school. Yeah, Bill, Bill Fritzke. Bill Fritzke uh, owned a Roto-Rooter truck. And my nice. father used to work with him on it when he was like in high school or whatever. And uh, Bill Fritzke was probably in his 20s at the time, you know, and owned this truck. And my dad lived on the same street. And Bill Fritzke ended up having a son, and my father and Bill Fritzke reconnected. And the four of us came down to Manhattan one day, I don't know, for some reason from Connecticut, but all of our names were Bill. You know? <laughs> so trying to converse <laughs> between the four of us. And we hey, went, Bill, what? No, yeah. not you, the other one. Yeah, Which we, one? We, no, not you. We went into a restaurant, and they were like, can we have your name, please, for the reservation? And we were like, oh, Four bills. And my father was like, he probably thought we were buying them off. I was like, they're not going to buy them off for $4, Ted. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, all right, what do we got to talk about? We got stuff to talk about. We got stuff to talk about. Uh, I, I've been doing some printing. I have been uh, uh, attempting to print on Silverleaf. Printing and, uh, on the Silverleaf? On the Silverleaf, yeah. Now, how are you going about that? Well, I've only done a couple tests so far, and and they show promise, but they're not where I want them to be yet. Um, now, the printer part, is not chewing up the silver as it's going through? Oh, no, not at all. Okay. Silver is very, very thin. Very, very thin. Um, one could even say it's a wefer thin. Wait, are you sitting it on top of anything else? Yes. Okay, okay. so what, I'm, what I've been doing, so far I've used um, the Red River Polar Matte. As basically the, the the substrate. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's a water-based adhesive that goes down, and then the leaf goes down on top of that. You let that dry completely, 
and then you use uh, um, a pre-coat or, or a receptor coat, uh, and there are a couple different things on the market. I've used InkAid. I've got the golden digital ground. There's one made by DOS. Because if you just try printing on, on the silver, it's like printing on aluminum because sure. imitation leaf actually is aluminum. Yeah. Um, and the ink just beads away. Right. So you, you coat it with, with InkAid and then just send it through the printer as you would. Um, but w- what happened on the first couple tests, the, the paper that I'm using, the polar mat, isn't robust enough. And it, uh, it sort of expanded and contracted. So, it, so it, it, not, it didn't crack the leaf, but you can see a surface difference. It's not a smooth surface. Wait, so what, went, wait what cracked the leaf? Putting the stuff on? Just the, the, the paper, I think well, the paper wasn't thin enough oh, okay. to deal with, with the adhesive uh, without buckling. Okay, gotcha. So it buckled a little bit, didn't work. Um, it's, it's promising. So I've moved to um, Moab's uh, Entrada Rag 300, which is a, a much thicker paper. And so far, it seems to be okay. I've got, I've got three new prep sheets, and none of them have cracked. I, I've also... I need to be better about applying the adhesive because I've, I've been, I think I've been a little heavy handed in applying the adhesive. So it's leaving striations in the, in, in the adhesive. It doesn't self level because it, it, it sets up very quickly. So it doesn't have time to sort of self level out like, like the, the ink aid or the pre coats do, Okay, you know, they stay workable much longer. So if you, if you do end up with, with some brush strokes, then by the time it sets up, they've self leveled enough to, to, uh, to go flat. So I need to work on my my technique for applying, and silver leaf's a pain to work with. Yeah, I can imagine. And you, you don't <laughs> want to sneeze. You're you're well, gonna print on there, and then you're going to are you gonna transfer it then, or are you gonna keep it on there as is? I, I'm not sure what the end product is gonna be. If if the paper works, then groovy. Uh, I'll I'll leave it on paper. If the, if the paper doesn't end up working the way I want it to, then my next solution is to to just silver leaf some of the substrates that I make, uh, which are like cradled panels. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll print what I wanted to print on the paper. I'll print as a gel transfer and then transfer it by hand to the substrate, which end up, it ends up being like a, like a big saran wrap sort of decal that you yeah. then apply down. And that's the way I do most of my other artwork. In fact, 90% of the other artwork is made with, with you know, layers and layers of these gel transfers that you build up. So it, if it, if the, the work on paper doesn't work the way I want it to, then I may end up going back to, to, um, a more robust substrate and then using the, the transfers. But it's interesting. It's a really interesting process. And I, I, I feel good about being back in sort of hardware mode, learning new stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was playing with the cyanotype paper I got last week. Right, 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 right. Uh, so um, Conrad for Christmas, and we don't, uh, we don't uh, exchange gifts for birthdays and Christmases and that kind of stuff. Um, so, but she surprised me with like a little gift that she happened to be at the store and she saw something, and um, she gave me this little pack of cyanotype sheets. They're basically it's like this, uh, like a heavy rag paper that's already doused with these cyanotype chemicals so that they're ready to go and ready to expose in this bag, almost like photographic paper, old school. Uh, you know, they came in the, the black plastic bag sure, kind of sure. thing, you know? Um, 
So they're they're five by seven, and I wanted to print on them. So I ended up printing negatives on acetate or on 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 transparencies. The so prob- you're taking your four by five negatives and, and doing kind of a contact sheet type thing. Well, okay, I I, I wasn't go- see most of my four by five negatives are out of the Cameron or Polaroid fifty five, which are way 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 too thin for cyanotype. Mm. They're like they're, you look at them and you see right through them. You know, like mm. there's an image mm-hmm. there, but it, they're, they're way too thin. Right. Um, the black areas are not black, as it were. Um, so, so I need to figure out a better way to do it. And I, so initially, my first test, I picked a picture that was essentially graphic, essentially two color. You know, right. uh, this picture of these branches. So I want what I wanted to do was print a negative, much like you trying to print on the silver. I needed to run this stuff through my printer. But but the printer won't do transparencies. The R3000 or whatever I'm using is not designed. Epson says no go, right? So I'm like, there's got to be a way to do it. What, you know? Why? What, isn't, it, isn't it using the ultra-chrome inks? Yep, yep. I guess maybe just the paper handling mechanism or whatever is it, it is. Not a, is it not a straight paper path? Uh, it, I mean, it's slightly – I mean, when you have the paper thing in the back, I guess it's slightly curved. But that stuff can curve. It's not the problem. So mm. what I ended up doing the first time is actually running it through my – uh, my laser printer. Oh, okay. Because all I need is a really hard black and white thing. It's not like right. I need a lot of quality gradations, you know? So, um, I stuck it through my little Samsung Wi-Fi laser printer and that worked and it printed it out. <clears throat> Although the negative has sort of, um, horizontal stripes on it, you know, cause like laser printers are not designed to print photos, right? They don't do a great job at that. Right. Um, especially on something like like this material. But the thing I was going to say is that this the transparency sheets I got, I didn't realize until a couple tests in that one side is actually smooth and one side has grit. Mm. Like one side actually already is a sub is is designed for printing on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I ended up trying to do was taping a piece of this transparency to a slice of paper and running it through. So it's like right. a sandwich, right? <clears throat> and that didn't work when I had it go edge to edge. So if I had a letter sized piece of paper and a letter sized piece of transparency taped along one edge, like the first edge right, that goes through. Right. If you're going to use a carrier sheet, you've got to have it extend past the leading edge. Right. Which I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, so what I ended up doing though is cutting out a piece of, I basically cut the transparency sheets in half and taped them to the middle of the page. So they're mm-hmm. three inches from each side, essentially. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then ran them through, and I got I got results that way. I got a thing. But the first one I put through, I, it was before I realized the two different sides. So like you were saying, it just beat it up. Right. And I was right, like, right. oh, crap, you know. Um, so then I did another one, ran it through, and that one worked. Uh, but when I went and made a print of it, it was this old picture of Conrad from a Polar 55 original. Um, it was – you know what the problem is? Cyanotype is not designed for stuff that is like really subtle gradations. You know, it like needs it needs a lot of contrast to work, or at least this sort of pre-made paper stuff does. Um, it's almost made more for photograms and that kind of stuff than it mm-hmm. is actual mm-hmm. photographs. Uh, almost, almost sort of like a, a, a home project more right. than you know photo stuff. Um, but kind of fun. It you know it's it, so you and I had a similar experience <laughs> this last yeah. week, just yeah. trying to print on our crazy printers in these weird ways that the printers are not designed for. I'm, um, I'm loving this. This is, this is kind of other than like, 
you know, having conversations and interviews and that kind of thing, this, this is my favorite thing to do is be in sort of lab mode trying to figure these kinds of things out. Well, that's, I mean, that is the kind of art you've done and, and it's nice to see you getting back into it, you know? Yeah, it's been too long. It's been way too long. I feel like there's a R&B love song that should be saying right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Reunited. It, 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 it feels so good. Add, add it to our 70s folder. <laughs> I know. God, it's so wrong. Um, but I was surprised that, you know, I went online and, you know, it's these these kinds of things like printing on transparencies and all this kind of stuff. There are these crazy communities online where there's forums where people are like, try this and try that. No, oh, I have an R3000. I just changed this setting for the platinum spacing to, right. you know, whatever. Right. <clears throat> that these guys have figured out stuff that these these uh, uh, manufacturers either don't want you to do or don't want to have to worry about you doing. Um, I always wondered if – I always worry when doing things like this, am I going to screw up my printer just because, oh, you put it through the wrong way and it jammed up and the ink bounced around and – got on the rollers and then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and if, if you have, I, I will say, if you're going to try this kind of stuff, um, if you're, if your printer has, they call them pizza wheels and they're these little almost sprockety looking things that, that help guide the paper through. Yep. Uh, if your printer has that, typically that's going to drag through the ink and it's going to muck things up. Um, so it's, it's not a good way to do it, but um, if you do want to try kind of alternative printing methods or printing on different substrates, there's a fantastic book uh, called Digital Art Studio by um, uh, Dorothy Simpson Krauss and Bonnie Latka, who are amazing artists. Um, you, just, you just rolled that off your tongue real nice. Well, uh, I, I Dorothy Simpson Krauss was was one of the people that helped get me started in this. Um, okay. I, I got her book and I read it. And I, I had a couple questions and I found her email address and emailed her and she was <coughs> kind enough to respond and, <laughs> and say, stop freaking yeah, me out, dude. <laughs> stop. No, no, she was really sweet and, uh, you know, had kind of a, an email exchange for a while. And, and, and as I was trying to figure this stuff out and her book is really fantastic. You want to print on, you know, and, and she's printing on wood, she's printing on metal, she's printing on tile, she's printing on spun polyester, She's, you know, she and and Bonnie Latka are making their own substrates and, you know, they've got these gigantic printers and, and God, they're just, they're doing some fantastic work. Um, You know what, maybe I'll even, maybe we can add a a link to the, to the thing in in the show show notes. notes. uh... Um, But yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. This is kind of, like I say, this is, this is kind of where I love to live at the moment, at least creatively. I really like exploring this kind of thing because you know there there's still room for the happy accident yes i'm i'm using photoshop which is very precise i'm using you know digital printers which you know whatever but there's still because you're dealing with these these variables of of you know organic processes or or physical processes there's room for error and sometimes those errors produce really amazing results you know it's it's funny you say that because i so the the one negative that didn't come out right that was on like that beat it up I was mm-hmm. like, oh, and I was working on my desk and my desk isn't that big and I don't have a lot of room. And I, I took it and I put it aside, you know, instead of instead of cleaning everything up and throwing it out and starting from scratch, I just like put it to the side and I put it to the side and it was sitting on top of the bag that had the negative, the, the paper in it. Right. And in the pro- anyway, in the process of trying to put the next one together, I realized that I had gotten ink all over 
one of the sheets of paper. Like I ruined oh, yeah, a sheet sure. of paper. And I'm like, because it, it just gets on everything when it doesn't seep into the paper, you know, when it doesn't yes. set up. And it, it just, you know, all I could think to myself is just like, this is what happens when you try to take shortcuts, you know, like <laughs> never take shortcuts. Like I was, I was like beating myself up. I was like, nice. you should throw it out first. Anyway, just, you know, take your time when doing these things and it'll lead to a lot less frustration. Uh, yes. Cause yes. Uh, you could get yourself in a real hole <laughs> as it were. Yes. I don't know. So good for you. Uh, we're excited to hear uh, what comes next. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty neat. Uh, I'm 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 curious to see where it's going to go. I'll do some more today, um, and then I'm going to have to buy some more paper. If if this, I've got I think six slices left of this Moab 300, uh, and then I'll have to get some more. Which if you, it's expensive. If you get large sheets, yeah, uh, it's it's like six and a half bucks a sheet. Red River has some of the like natural fiber papers too, don't they? Yes, you ever try any of them? I don't know if they've got the weight that I need. I'm going to have to go look at their yeah. catalog because um, the, the, the Moab stuff is 300 GSM. Yeah. And I, th- I think the stuff that I was using is 190 and it's uh, just not okay. thick enough. I right, mean, the stuff you were using was the, was the mat, the right. polar mat or whatever. The... Right, the 66 pound. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so but they, I don't know. Um, I they may have even fine have art to... inkjet canvas. No, I don't want canvas. I, don't I know, want canvas. I know. They have regular papers too. I just, I didn't even know that they had canvas. I may go to, um, There's I a, may just get an Arches watercolor block. Just get a block of 300 pound Arches watercolor paper and peel off a slice at a time since I'm, I'm not really printing on the paper itself. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll do that. If this doesn't work out, that's probably the direction I'll go is, is getting like uh, a block of cold press. Yeah. Watercolor paper. Yeah, you know, I never print on the on sort of the mat and rag papers and stuff because it it feels like it's what it's part of what it's doing is sort of because it doesn't have a coating on it, the ink is spreading a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it ends up and and without the coating, you d- it doesn't the blacks don't get that black right. They t- sort of take on the the look of the paper, um, and so whenever I print something on a mat or whatever it is next to something on a coated paper, I'm always like. Oh yeah, I want the coated paper because I want it to look like it looks like on my screen, right? Um, but but because the paper is not part of my process, right? You know where it is in your instance or people who are doing, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, like on the watercolor paper and that kind of stuff. Because right. Nikki prints on watercolor paper, right? But like no. the, the didn't she? I thought she printed on some. She printed on the matte stuff. Uh, matte, yeah, oh, okay. or has or metallic. Now I could use. Hmm. Maybe I'll try the the San Gabriel, the semi gloss. Anyway, uh, so enough about that. Okay. What else we got? Uh, follow up on mentor master discussion. Mentors. Yes. Okay. This was a. This was a. I. I, I really enjoyed this discussion. Um, and and I need to clarify that it wasn't the the master mentor part wasn't necessarily targeted at anybody. It's it's everybody that that sort of. <clears throat> presents themselves as masters looking down on, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I wanted to talk about mentors for a minute. Okay. And, and, um, and, and maybe go back and forth with, with both of us. Like who, who were, who were, who's like maybe your most influential, influential mentor and, and 
wh- why? What did what did they what did they offer you? Are we talking photographically or in general? <clears throat> Sky's the limit. Okay. I, I say, who was your most influential mentor? What's the first thing that pops into your head? Uh, Steve Domenko. Why? Uh, he was my piano teacher for five years or so. Okay. Um, when I was in high school, um, essentially. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I used to, I used to play piano when I was a little kid. I, I went to Suzuki lessons and then I, I don't know what that is. What is it's, Suzuki? Uh, it's the Japanese system where you listen to the same thing over and over again, like on endless tapes. And then you learn by ear. Okay. So, uh, you, and you learned 24 different variations of twinkle, twinkle, little star. So instead of do, 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 you play do, 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 do. I mean, this is all like the really basic stuff. It originally was a violin thing. It was like a big thing in the seventies and eighties, I think in Japan. And they would have these huge, anyway, long story short, I, I took those lessons and then, uh, I left there and, and my sister stopped playing. We were both took lessons and then uh, I went and took lessons from the guy who was the music teacher at the high school when I was like in middle school. And I just, it just never clicked. And my mother apparently was very frustrated by the fact that, you know, I wasn't getting anything out of all of these, all of these lessons. And um, <clears throat> she bumped into somebody we went to Suzuki with and uh, uh, his name was Steve Domenko or, or, and they, they were taking lessons from this guy, Steve Domenko, like the kids. And, uh, so my mother calls the guy and he was booked. Like he just, I don't have any room. And apparently the, as the story goes, the story that'll be in a biography that ever gets written of me, uh, is that my mother went and, and basically called him up and like, just basically begged him to come have a lesson with me just to see if what I would, you know, if it would work. Kind of a, kind of a Forrest Gump thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so, so Steve came to like, you know, to meet me and whatever it is. And, 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 and I played for him and we talked and whatever it is. And, and we ended up uh, working together for the next few years. And, but the thing is, is that Steve wasn't a piano teacher. Steve was a concert pianist. He was on Bernstein's young people's concerts when he was a little kid as like a phenom. Um, And then he got in a car accident and broke his hands like at his height. And sort of went to oh, India. Wow. <clears throat> he was he was the original Steve Jobs. He went to India and, you know, studied with all those guys, like trying to find his way after his whole life fell apart and came back and then he was teaching. And so he had this sort of he was the first adult who treated me like an equal. OK, you know what I mean? And that was important to you at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Who tr- who who acted not only didn't hide stuff from me. Like, you know, like he used to smoke weed and stuff, but like, but, but also (laughs) I I love how your voice goes down when you say that, like, like, like we're in the McCarthy era and he was a communist. Oh yeah. He was a communist. (laughs) He smokes weed. He was was part of the red party. Uh, No, you know, he's, you know, he used to get high all the time and like, like, he wasn't like, Oh, I got to hide this from my students. It was like, he was just like this hippie guy, you know? Right. Okay. and but but he would he would tell stories about his uh, growing up period or if I was having trouble with a girl or whatever it is, we'd talk about that and he'd tell me some story about some girl he knew when he was younger, like you know, in a very um, understanding and and very much sort of like what you're going through, 
I've been through two and here I still am. And this is what I learned from it. And maybe you'll learn something. So, you know what I mean? Sort of. The, so mm-hmm. it, it what but, it, so it was the piano stuff, which was certainly there, but because of the other stuff, mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to impress him. Does that make sense? Like sure. I didn't, I had so much respect for him, not only because of the piano stuff, but because of the life stuff that I wanted to impress him in the piano stuff. So what, okay. If you could, if you could sum up what he imparted to you, what, what, what do you think the most valuable thing as a mentor he taught you was? Well, that's a difficult question. Well, that's what we do here. I know. I'm just going to come want, up you with want, an You want the softball stuff, man. You got to go on another show. <laughs> you got to go on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go on Charlie Rose if you want that softball <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, you know, to me, as, as, as an adult looking back on it, I think the biggest thing that he taught me uh, is, th- is that there are some people who, who, are, who are, I mean, everybody's different. But there are some people who will click with you in life and some people who won't. And 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 that's okay and that there is there is energy to be gotten from those that you click with, you know, and that's one of the best things about life. He was one of the first people that I met that really made me feel like, oh, he's I'm one of him. You know what I mean? Like I'm of that type. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that type is very different Mm -hmm. than my parents and some of my friends and, you know. And, but that's okay. Like it was the first time that I saw what I could be and it, it, it wasn't different anymore. It was like somebody else. Does that make sense? Sure. 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 Yeah. Why? What about you? Um, high school English teacher, Alphonse Kennison. That's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. He was a character. Um, if, if, uh, if you threw, uh, Kevin Spacey's character from Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil and Val Kilmer's portrayal of Doc Holliday in a blender, huh. you'd get Kennison. Okay. Uh, he was very flamboyant, uh, taught because he loved it, inherited a bunch of money from his family, was, was, this, was this southern gentleman, went to like, I don't know, Tulane or some, some, some like, you know, southern kind of Ivy League school type thing. Um, and uh, was just a character, wore, you know, Gucci loafers and full length coat, mink coats to class and used to fly to Italy to have shoes made for himself and, and just all this stuff. And he was he was he was a character. He was the first person that I that I met that was sort of this larger than life that, that went further than just, you know, being a normal person. I, I don't know how to describe it other than yeah. that. Um, and he could never find a single anthology of, of fiction that fits. So he would hand type his favorite short stories and, and catalog them all over his classroom in boxes <laughs> because he couldn't find one that worked. Um, and just had this amazing knowledge of, of not only literature, but how that translates into life. How, how literature pertains to life, how literature can, can expand your life and make your life fuller okay. through, through the stories of others. Um, and I, I, took, I took two semesters with him and 
you know, I still have my copy of Tale of Two Cities that we took, you know, six weeks to go through with all the notes in the margins and foreshadowing and highlighting. And, and I had some of the best discussions I had in high school were after class with him. And, and they had nothing to do with, with school or, or literature. He, I, I've said before that he, he, he taught me, he was the first teacher that taught me about life. Yeah. That taught me what was out there and how things, the first person I think beyond my mother that even talked about possibility as something to strive for. Doesn't that, isn't that interesting though, that, that, um, <clears throat> in the same way that on this show, we talk about ostensibly about photography, but how it leaks into all these other things in our lives mm-hmm. that both of the people that we're talking about were ones who didn't just teach us whatever their thing was, their subject was, but that it was, it was, it was how that fits into a larger, more holistic story. See what I'm absolutely. Saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the literature was almost a supporting character to the other discussions that were happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I learned, I learned an appreciation for language from him too, that I hadn't known before. I learned an appreciation for words and I learned a passion for words that has sort of carried through. And, and it was, you know, it was really sweet. Even after, uh, high school, he sent me a Christmas card every year until (laughs) the year he died with a little handwritten note inside. And it was, it was just, he was, he was just that kind of person and, uh, made a huge impact on me. Yeah, it's uh, – here's the question, I guess. <clears throat> Can that be bottled up? No. Or that has to be an organic thing that just happens to happen to you. The idea of saying, I'm going to be this mentor to so-and-so and we're going to make it happen. I, I don't know that it, 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 you can force it like that. I think – no. I, I think you – I think you click with this person, whoever that person is, or you don't. You know, in the case of Kennison, he was the object of ridicule because he was very flamboyant and very effeminate. And, you know, it's high school. So that's an easy target. Sure. But if you look beyond that, you see this amazing person um, who was all about experience. Uh, There was a, a guy that one of the other students did some work on his house. And, and I don't remember what the work was like building a patio or something. I don't know what it was, but he sent him to Europe for a month to say, thank you. And said, you know, go experience, go, go, go immerse yourself in something new. And that was kind of his, his, the way he lived his life. And I, I don't think you could have chosen that person. I think, I think you can choose to be receptive to those people entering your life but I don't think you can necessarily choose who those people are. Yeah. You know, sure. for, for example, if you, if, if I were to say to you, okay, Bill, what kind of, uh, uh, mentoring do you think you could benefit from right now in your life? What, 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 what is it that, that you, Bill Wadman circa 2014 could use in your, use help with in your life? Uh, I would love to meet somebody much older than me who's dealt with depression a lot. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. would be helpful to me. 
Um, See, but you can't, and, and that, that, that's a fantastic step. That's a fantastic admission, but I don't know that you could go, it has to be you, you, or you. No, I just, I, think it, that I don't think I can't, organic. and I can't, I can't find that person that way. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, there's a, there's a, um, a friend of mine who shall may remain nameless, uh, was telling me a story a while back about how, you know, his, uh, high school boss, um, Basically, when he was graduating from high school, was like, you know, what are you going to do next? And, he, and the guy was like, nah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's just like, no. And he's just like, well, you know, I could just stay here and work this job. And the guy was like, no, if you don't figure out what you're going to do, you don't have a job in six weeks. Um, Basically, like forced him out of the nest. Mm-hmm. But got to the point where he said, you know, the guy came back and was just like, oh, I'd love to do this, but I can't afford it. And the guy says, I'll pay for it. Right. You know. Much like your teacher or, you know, that guy. Um, And it's just, it's interesting. I think part of the, part of the difference between this whole master mentor thing is that I don't think a real mentor wants anything out of it other than for you to pay it forward. Sure. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure they get joy and they get satisfaction out of it, but I don't think they're looking for tangible payback. You know, no, no. And, and I mean, I have known people that I would call mentors in my life that weren't even aware yeah, that they were a mentor to me, that they were just living their life and they were just interacting with me as they would anyone else. Right. But because I was receptive to what they were saying, I was receptive to, you know, how they were living. I took that as a mentor mentee type of a relationship and, yeah. it, and it may not have even been spelled out that way. Right. And I think that every, you know, teacher student, you know, workshop you take or, 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 or class you buy online or whatever it is. I mean, just because you're learning something from somebody, I think that the mentor thing is, is one step further than that. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's the next step down the line and I don't think you can force it and I don't think you can package it up. Um, I think that that's one of those sort of mysteries of life kind of things, you know, in much the same way that it's like, how did you end up with the person you're with kind of stuff? It's like, well, I I could not have planned that. Sure. You know, um, and neither should you, I mean, there's certain things that go on that happen that what makes them magical is the fact that they're, they're, they're not foreseen, you know? Sure. Um, and in fact, you could argue that, that most of what you and I find magical about making stuff in art in general is the not foreseen, you know? I mean, like you can sit around and talk about pre-visualization and you can talk about skills and chops and equipment and blah, 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 blah. But like all of that is just, you know, step by step, step one, cut a hole in the box, you know, like, it sure. is, you know, and that is not, that's not art. Art is what you don't imagine that you're going to get out of what you're doing. Right. You know, right. And it, and, and having, having all of those things, I mean, you, you know, this all too well, I don't know how deep you want to go into this rabbit hole, but you have been going through some stuff for a while that, that has nothing to do with either gear or ability. No, no. And, but you know, I think it, I think it, I think at a certain point, I think that that's true of anybody making stuff. 
right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, there's a certain point at which, like, you know, are there techniques that I don't know? Of course, there's techniques that everyone doesn't know, you know, or have mastered. But that's not that's not the point. But there's a there there is there is a threshold which you reach at which it's it, you know it's not about the piano and it's not about whether I can play this uh, uh, scale any faster. It's whether I can get more out of this song and that has nothing to do with my piano or my technique. Right. You know? Um, and, and, and in some ways that that's, that's when it gets hard because up until then there's a roadmap. Right. You know, right. From, from, from where I am forward, it's uncharted territory. Yeah. 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 There, um, there, it, there are no maps for these territories. Right. It's just yeah. like, it's, it's where you end up going, you know, and, and, and it's all up to you, you know, and, and that's, and that's, that's what's so wonderful about it, but it is also what's so terrifying about it. <clears throat> um, well, you, you mean this idea of you, you've got perfection listed in the notes here. And I don't know if we can, if we can make this, dovetail together but there is a there is an underlying and maybe it's not even underlying maybe it's obvious um but i see an underlying quest for perfection in your work there is a there is a quest for whether it's technical perfection whether it's a perfection of of relating to your subject, whether it's a perfection of expression, whether it's a perfect, that's sort of the end game or it seems to be the end game. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the goal. I mean, I think, I think that's true of both you and I though. Sure, sure, sure. But even when you achieve that, or even let's say, let's say that you've made 10 pictures that are, that you would say, I don't think I could have done that any better. Right. I don't think I could have made that any better. Like I'll still be happy with these on my deathbed. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, Okay, so so we've got that in the bag, yet you're still struggling with traction and what that means and how how do I get traction despite a knowing what I'm doing, b you know doing it well, c having the passion to keep doing it. Right. How, there, well, there's, there's two still- things there. There's there's you know economic and 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 professional traction. And then there's mental artistic traction. You know, there's, there's a number of different things there. Sure. Um, and where does dumb luck fit into it? I think a dumb luck is a big part of it. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- there's always persistence and then there's dumb luck and there's ups and downs. You know, I go through very deep. I go through serious swings, you know, sure you as do. all, you know, the, one minute I feel like a God, the next minute I feel like, you know, a toad. Right. Um, right. And, and, you know, there, there, there are clinical terms for these things. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but you know what? It's saying something that, that uh, a the, few minutes ago saying what you're, what asking you, what, 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 what are you open for in terms of a mentor and your first response? You didn't, I mean, it, it was right out of your mouth yeah. is someone older than me who has dealt with depression. Right. I don't, I don't think my, any sort of problems that I have are not, um, my problems are not artistic or rather that's not the root of my problems. Sure. The root of my problems is depression. And so Nick that and everything else opens up, you know, but um, you and I are similar in that 
professional distance or, or what we're doing, the, the work is what goes a long way to define us as people. Yes, of course. Right. And the and, work that we're doing. And do you think that that's not true of most people? I don't know most people, so I can't speak to them. Right. I, in my, in my experience, that is true of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that the, there are far more people who are choosing to deal with that by dissociating their work from the problem is, is that when you try to make your passion, your work, those two things get interconnected. Sure. And they rely on each other for success. Sure. And so, you know, there are plenty of people there. There are people in who, in the group that I know people who are listening here that I've met who I've talked to said, you know what? I, I can't do what you do. Even if I could physically do it, I can't mentally do it. The idea of having, it's much easier for me to have my day job and do this on the side because then I can't, I don't have to beat myself up about it all the time. Right. You right. Know? Um, and you know, I mean, back to the perfection thing, I think we, ultimately we all are striving for perfection. I think, I mean, or should that should be something along that line should be the goal, whether or not you actually think that you're going to get there. You know, it's sort of like running towards Mount Everest and jumping and you're never going to get to the top of Mount Everest by jumping, but that's where you should try to be getting, you know, and hopefully each time you jump, you're getting, you're, you're getting a little closer to that, you know? Right. Um, my best three years ago is, is, is probably not going to be as good as my best now. You know what I mean? Like you're like, it's, it's little steps, you know, what, what right. did you, you, you made the contact reference the other day, small moves, Ellie. Yeah. Small moves, small Ellie. moves. And I think that's true. Um, I, I have, I don't want to say I've given up the quest, but what I have done is I've, I've tried I'm trying not to be an architect this year. Okay. Because the, the, the house that I was trying, that I've been trying to build for the last three years uh, is, is still just a graded off patch of dirt. You know what I mean? I, right. I, it, I, I haven't affected enough change. And maybe that's, maybe that's, um, maybe I lack a certain skill set to move that forward. Maybe I don't, I don't know, but I'm trying something different. I'm trying to follow what interests me instead of what I think I should in quotes be doing and see where that goes. Because I am happiest when I'm creating, I'm happiest when my hands are in motion, whether that's writing. And, and even when I, even when I write something, I'm most of the time I'm writing it out analog because I'm a horrible typist, number one. And there's probably no excuse for that. People are probably like, oh, we'll just learn to type. Well, that's, yeah. Anyway, I do it, you know, in <laughs> Eventually journals. Eventually you do type it, but. Yeah, you, I do. You like the pen to paper feel. I do. Or the pencil or to paper feel. Specifically, yeah, my, my beloved Palomino pencils. Yeah. Um, Aren't those horses? Uh, well, they, they make the black wings now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to go what, with, with what makes me happy and see if that leads me to a different destination. I'm trying to get back, like I said earlier, I'm trying to get back into, into hardware mode where, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Robert Downey Jr. down in the lab trying to make a new element. Right. 
you know, instead of up running the company. Because running the company doesn't really – that's not really scratching me where I itch. Not as much satisfaction in it. No, not at all. And in fact, it's, it's, it's painfully uncomfortable for me to, to be in sort of, you know, that, that – what the fizzle guys call CEO mode. Right. You know, it's that, – that kind of stuff is painful. Yeah. I much prefer to be, you know, here in, in the slathering paint adhesive and yeah. – and you know whatever. Month. Whenever I, whenever I read those articles that are just like, if you're going to own your own business, you need to separate your time. You know all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, I'm always like, yeah, I understand. I logically understand what you're saying, but ugh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just it's very <laughs> difficult to do. And I I am coming to the to the realization that maybe maybe I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur at that at the top level. Maybe maybe I'm the big picture idea guy. Maybe I've got you know, great ideas in the cloud or on paper, but implementing them is where I stumble. Right. You know, so, so to go, to go back to our mentor thing for a minute, if, if I had a mentor or, or it would be somebody like a, like a, I don't know, like a business mentor or a strategy mentor or a, somebody that goes, okay, now this, now this, now this. And I'm, I'm trying to get better. I'm using software tools to make lists and, and set goals. And, and that's starting to help a little more. But it's, it's so contrary to the way I normally approach things that it's very difficult to make that, to turn that corner, to make do you, that. Do you really think that that sort of mentor would help you? Or do you think that that would just pull you off the track? That is the thing that actually makes you happy. I don't know. You see what I'm trying to say though? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like, okay, so some guy comes, you know, Tim cook comes and mentors you and you'd just be like, I don't want to talk about supply side, you know, right, like, right. Like, yeah. so, you know, in, in a perfect world, you know, I want AOL media to buy faded and blurred and, let them figure out how to market it and position it. And let me just keep doing the work that I love. Right. Let me just keep writing and, and, and sharing and exploring and, and finding inspiring content. As, as has been the problem for centuries now though, uh, the worker bees, you know, the craftsmen are not the ones that get the spoils. Right. Right. You know, the, the, the guy who organizes the, the manager of three craftsmen is somehow more valuable than the craftsmen themselves. Right. Even though, you know, and, and, and I understand, I never quite understood that. I used to have arguments with a friend, my friend's father, who was a big manager for a big company. And I said, I don't understand. Like why, if you're really good at say being a salesman, why is being, a, why should you try to be a manager of salesmen? If that's not what you like and what you're not good at, but that's the next step up the rung that like, you know, gets you more money or more time off or whatever it is. Right why is that a good thing? Why is yeah, that? Yeah. Like to me, you're, you're taking, <laughs> it's, you know, it's the whole failing upward kind of thing, right? You know, people end up one step above where they should be. Right. You know, yeah, uh, you, you've got all these, all these amazing craftsmen building the Duomo, but Brunelleschi gets the credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. Okay. Brunelleschi designed it, but like, what about the guy who was just the guy who organized all the workers every morning? Why does he right. deserve more? Right. He's right, just right. doing a day job. It's not like he's the mad genius behind it. If anything, the craftsmen are the mad geniuses, you know? Right. Um, why does the Spend, spending the bulk of your life on an eight foot area of marble? <laughs> right. You know, why, why does the, uh, you know, the, uh, ad exec who's just, you know, the, the 
high level guy who's in the room when the decisions are getting made and, and signs off on those decisions because because ultimately his butt's on the line with the money that means that he should get right the big bucks when the people actually came up with the ideas and built the thing you know what i mean i i yeah. never i never quite it just doesn't add up to me and maybe i'm not capitalistic enough or something i don't know but it just it just it it seems to breed unhappiness mhm you know um, well i think i think within for me within photography and and let's say photography and the and the creative arts whatever that may be i i think because so many more people are you know one man bands one person shows uh just reminds me of dick van dyke and mary poppins boom psh, boom psh. oh man. yeah yeah <laughs> i was like wait where are you going <laughs> uh you know th- there's more of there's more of an emphasis placed on needing those skills, needing the organizational skills, needing the strategic skills, needing the, the, the business savvy in addition to the creative savvy that, that, that really kind of gets you up in the morning. Maybe, but it, you could argue, though, that, that the future of technology and stuff will automate a lot of the sort of managerial stuff, organizational sure, stuff. But it's not, it's not going to automate how to, how to get more traction how to get more traffic, how to, how to get your work in front of more people. But that stuff's not going to automate itself. Yeah, I, I guess. But like even those words you just used, they're just sort of like, really? Is that uh, – it's, sort of, it's sort of – to me, all of that stuff is a necessary evil. It's not an end. And to some people, it's the end, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, ugh. exposure as a, as a noun, you know? Yes, but that's that's where we're at. I know. I know. You know, you, you don't have a hundred people competing for that contract that you want. You've got ten thousand people, and they live all over the world. Yep. Yeah. You know, so you're you're not up against people that live in Manhattan, right? You're but, up against Manhattan, Chicago, New sure. Orleans, Chicago. You know, but New at York. the same time, for the people who are making decisions. Does that does having the choice of ten thousand people actually lead to them getting a better the, a better person for the job than if they had a choice of one hundred and fifty, or is know. or is the choice of a thousand or ten thousand or a hundred thousand just so lost in noise that you're really starting from scratch again and you end up choosing the guy who's standing right next to you? I think it depends on who you read. Uh, yeah, I, I, I watched a very interesting presentation. I think it was a TED Talk the other day that. Uh, I'll have to see if I can find it. That was saying that we, we are in fact not happier with more choice. No, we're not. We, it, it, it does beget confusion and frustration and stress. And then stress leads to dot, dot, dot. You know right. what I mean? Sure. Um, so I think that's an interesting discussion that, that despite, despite the fact that, that we say that the world is getting smaller and, and everything is accessible, is that a good thing? I don't know. I don't know know as well. (sighs) Heavy discussions today. Good stuff. We should, uh, we should, we're, we're almost an hour and we should talk about our first sponsor. Our first sponsor is somebody new. We have a new sponsor. uh, That's right. Uh, Raise your hand if you are a freelancer that needs to send invoices. Okay. So you, you, you. Okay, good. So, you know, quite a few of you, right? Ooh, ooh, ooh. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Kata, Mr. Kata. 
<laughs> you know, I love this. It's a so our our new sponsors, FreshBooks, uh, which we're very glad to have. And uh, it's I love I love the, I love part of the text here. Are you still using Word or Excel to create invoices? Do you use a yes. shoebox of receipts to keep track of your expenses? Yes. <laughs> I swear, I swear, I I, I, on both of those, I've got, I've got a New Balance box on my dresser full of receipts. I know, I read the same thing. I was like, oh my God, it's me. They're talking to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, you can save time and money and get paid faster with FreshBooks. It's an easy way to send invoices, manage expenses, and track your time. Uh, FreshBooks is a simple cloud account so, accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and new, small business owners just like you, Jeffrey. Uh, I hope so. Save time billing and getting paid faster. With FreshBooks, you can easily create invoices online, capture and track expenses on the go, and get real-time business reports with a few simple clicks. And you can try FreshBooks for free. You can go sign up today at getfreshbooks.com. And here's the delicious part. Do you know their little deal that they do? This is genius. <clears throat> so they're doing this for On Taking Pictures listeners. You ready for this? Every day they're giving a birthday cake away to someone who signs up for a new account from this show. What? That's what they say. A birthday cake. A birthday cake. So for your chance to win, enter on taking pictures. To, who do they give the birthday cake to? Well, we don't get the birthday cake. They choose somebody at random who signs up and they send them a birthday cake. This actually happens. I've seen it on other shows. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. And so it doesn't like have you, to be your you, birthday. You, you, you just, just get a birthday cake. What, what is it? Come like FedEx or something? I guess so. That's amazing. Yeah. So enter on taking cake. pictures in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up for a new account with FreshBooks. Uh, and with them, every day could be your birthday. So go sign up at getfreshbooks.com. And, you know, I got to say, as, as somebody who's freelanced for the last 15 years of their life, invoicing and keeping track of this stuff is real pain in the neck. It's the worst. And if you especially, I mean, you know, people, uh, sites like this, especially if you're if you've got the two or three or four clients that you just do a lot of work for all the time, like this is ideal, you know, right. Here, I'm going there. I'm going there right now. All right. Uh, but, uh, we are very glad to have fresh books as our, yes, our thank as you sponsor. Guys. And, uh, Oh, you they, can try it free for 30 days. Look at that. Yeah, let's go try it out. Get freshbooks.com iPad or on your computer. <clears throat> yeah. Huh? Look at this. Yeah. See, Jeffrey sold. He's I'm going to try He's going to go I'm, try it out. We'll discuss gonna, it next. Seriously. On the next ad, we'll do, we'll we'll do a little uh, ad lib right. about us trying. I'll, it. I'll I'll try it free for thirty days and see what's up. All right. Uh, so uh, thank you very much, Freshbooks, uh, for supporting Five by Five and not taking pictures. And uh, yeah. All right. So what's next? Uh, Bill. Yeah. You know you know you know you know William Gibson. Uh, I've heard of it. Is 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 he? Um, William Gibson, the the author, he's who, the one who, who invented coined, the guitars. And, uh, he he coined the oh. phrase cyberspace. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay, I know uh, that guy. Uh, Neuromancer. I, was I know big, about cyberspace. Was his big big breakthrough? Uh, brilliant book. It kind of dated. It's funny. I, I went back and read it again a couple months ago, and while there are some pretty amazing things in there, uh, didn't foresee things like like mobile phones, <laughs> which is kind of funny. You know, uh, I went to see her last night. Right. You haven't seen the film, right? Nope. Okay. Um, I watched Walter Mitty. Okay. Which uh, we will discuss when I watch it. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I we'll, we'll discuss that because that one's actually photographically related. Yes. Um, so we'll see th- what develops. Uh, <laughs> so ah. on in in her, the basic upshot is that this guy 
in the somewhat near future, uh, played by Joaquin Phoenix. Man, that guy's cool. Um, ends up sort of having troubles, like getting divorced, is having trouble meeting people, has friends, but he's kind of distant. And a new operating system comes out that are somewhat sentient in the sense that they can grow and they can interact with you. Okay. And so he installs this stuff and and basically becomes really good friends with his OS played by Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Did you move back from your mic? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> because you're thinking about Scarlett Johansson and you didn't want no. <laughs> you thought people might see you through the microphone. What? <laughs> oh, although I will say Amy Adams is also in this film. I like Amy Adams. I love Amy Adams and I saw her in Man of Steel the other day. Yeah. And okay. I don't, don't know Don't don't digress. Oh, I just wanted to say that I don't understand how in Man of Steel when she's supposed to be the hot confident woman she's much less hot than she is as the like frumpy friend in this movie. They did something wrong in Man of Steel. Anyway, <laughs> I think they did a lot of things wrong in Man of Steel. Yeah. Well, it's true. Um <laughs> So anyway, the the reason I wanted to bring this up, though, is that th- there's a lot of discussion in the movie about uh, user interfaces, right? Okay. And he talks to all of his stuff. He talks to his computers. He works at a company where he writes letters for custom letters for people, and he dictates them. And of course, that there there are needs for this kind of thing in a movie because that's what makes it personal, right? If he was typing in a chat, it's not as neat as you know having him having a discussion with a computer. Mm-hmm. Um. But it kind of got me thinking about the like the fact that we have I put, I'm going to put a little link in the show notes from Wired, a guy who wrote an article called "Why Her Will Dominate UI Design Even More Than Minority Report," and okay. and he says in the future in her uh, the future in her is one where technology is dissolved into everyday life, and I wonder if. Um, you know, we keep getting more and more buttons and more and more options and menus and, and, and that kind of stuff. And you and I often complain, for lack of a better word, that we don't have one option or another in whatever it is we're trying to do. You know, right. if Apple would just give me an exposure compensation, I would, you know. Well, then download Matbox because there's your exposure. Right. But you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, I think so. I think that maybe the thing is is that we're just not there yet. Like this is the uncanny valley of, of, of electronic smarts that eventually the, you know, the, the phone, the camera in your phone, you won't need to tell it to turn the exposure down. Cause it'll sort of understand that automatically. Cause it'll know it'll be like a dark alley or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that, that a lot of the things that we require options for and require manipulation into our technology is because the technology is not smart enough. And right now when they try to put smarts in technology, it generally fails and frustrates us, you know? Mm-hmm. And then in the future, maybe cameras will be one button, like a Polaroid, you know? I hope not. You hope not. Okay. Well, that's, this is what I want to discuss because you like, you like, you like what you like making the decisions. Well, you, you're dealing with something that is, that is, that is paired very strongly to personal vision. Yes. And personal vision is anchored to experience and memory and, and uh, how you see the world and, and you may see the world two thirds of a stop over. Yeah. Whereas I probably see the world 
a stop and a half under. Well, what if what if the system understood that and learned from you so that like a weekend it did everything you normally would do? Would that be interesting to you? I th- I think that would be interesting, but, but you still want an aperture ring. I still well, not necessarily an aperture ring, but I still want you know manual override on yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, look at the interface for Hal in 2001 or the lack thereof. Yep. Yeah. I don't it, want that. It's, it's interesting actually, but see in Hal open the pod bay doors, Dave, you know, okay. I don't want that. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. That's, that's completely fair. But you know what? Hal was very obviously a machine. The idea of actual sentient, artificial intelligence didn't really exist in 1968 or 69 or whenever that sure came out. sure so if at the point you have you know something that can pass the turing test that could do this podcast with you you know and and no one would know the difference spoiler alert <laughs> um <laughs> bill doesn't actually exist <laughs> it's like westworld yeah what could possibly go wrong really you make a westworld reference i love that movie oh god come on the original michael crichton yule brenner as 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 the the black hat wearing six gun toting (laughs) badass come on i guess what i mean is that maybe we'll get to the point where instead like where where it used to be two or three controls and now it's two or three thousand controls or quite literally two or three hundred controls in in a camera Mm -hmm. um maybe we get back to the point where it's just two or three again and everything else is dealt with either by you saying uh go to night mode okay uh yeah let's do black and white square See, now that would be interesting or, you know what, uh, crush the shadows a little more. Yes. Right. That would be interesting. But then you're still exerting manual control, you're, whether, it, whether it's voice activated or whether it's with a button, a wheel or a dial or a touchscreen. OK, but you you're know, still true. You, you are still exerting your vision, your will, your creativity, what, however, yep. whatever term you want to use. Yep, yep, yep. You know, but but is but, but is um. Well, how is that different then than, you know, sometimes when we make fun of, you know, straight filters in Instagram, they're making a decision, quote unquote. Is that not enough of a decision? How much is enough of a decision? You're still deciding which filter to use. Yeah. You know, I've got hundreds of of filters in in Matbox, but I still get to choose whether I want to use uh, the, the, the punchy black and white that adds the grain or do I want to use something that doesn't quite get me to black because it's basically pulling the curve up? Okay, yeah, sure. But I still get I'm I'm still at choice. Okay, sure. But it, much like that, the music software that you're playing with, right? There are a number of those kinds of things like back in the day, Acid or you know any one of those sort of uh, you know these these apps where you even uh garage band is sort of that way now like on iphone or whatever it is you can you can put it in a mode where you really can't mess up mm-hmm. you know where it'll keep everything you play in a certain key and it'll make sure that the, everything's lined up on the beat and etc 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 but that is a very different thing than writing music from scratch and sure. playing it from scratch you sure. know and, and to some extent to call those two things the same thing is not really fair 
you know, cause it's like the difficulty level is, is off the charts on one versus the other, you know, mm-hmm. um, it almost becomes paint by numbers, you know, uh, for music. Yeah. <clears throat> and is paint by numbers, anything less than painting yourself? Uh, yes. Why? Because you're not making choices. I mean, you're making you're making choices. Uh, what, what if a, instead of choosing? Color, okay, yeah, right. But you're not making choices of of where color goes. You're, the, the, the the little the little areas are spelled out. Color goes here. Color sure. goes here. Which goes I would here. argue that 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 a preset filter is similar. Like I'm just sure. lopping this on the whole thing. So that is less than if I chose to to do this manually. You know, right. So I don't know. It's just it's 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 interesting. The line between automation and interfaces and uh, uh, s- computer smarts and art is going to be a very interesting place over the next 20 years. Cause we're getting to the point where the technology can make decisions to the point where y- y- what kind of decisions are we actually making? And at what point is, are you, are you as, as the user making enough decisions that you can actually put your name on it? I and see that's and that's interesting to me because I I think yes we're we're getting to that point where where machines and computers can make evaluative decisions based on criteria X Y and Z, but I think we're very far away from them making aesthetic decisions. Oh, I think we're a decade at tops. Hmm. Interesting. And and if we go there, it's like mm, you know, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Will all absolutely. artists be out of a job? Because what's the point? Just have a computer yeah. do the art. You know, I don't. I don't need somebody to take a photo for this advertisement. I'll just have that drone go take it. It knows composition. It knows color. It knows that you're not supposed to blow out the sky. Why do I need you? Hmm. And, Interesting. I mean, it gets to the point that gets to the point across all of society. Why do I need anything? You know, the new Mac Pro. Uh, uh, what's it called down in, uh, down in Austin, Texas, the new factory. I yeah. think there's like six people who work there. The rest of it's robots, you know? Yeah, but it's, it's, and I'm simplifying it. It's insert slot, you know, tab a into slot B and weld. It, yes. They're not making aesthetic decisions. Sure. Yeah. yeah. About- but you know what? Two, 7 billion people on earth can't all be just sitting around making aesthetic decisions. No, that's true. That's so, true. so how does two thirds of the population of the world eat when all the jobs that are not aesthetic decisions are taken over by automation. That is a different question and a much bigger question yeah. than the show has time for, but it scares me yes. anyway. Her is a good movie. You should go see it. And I just thought that the whole interface thing was amazing in it. Okay. In so fact, next, the, next, next show did the design, you'll go see it. Yeah. I'm, I'll see it between then, but okay. next show let's talk about MIDI. So, so watch Walter MIDI between now and then. Okay. Yeah. 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 For a second there, I thought you said MIDI, like musical no, no. digital interface. No, no, no. I used no. to. I used no, see, to, I didn't go to Berkeley. I used to make bumper <laughs> stickers at Berkeley that said MIDI is for people with no friends. Nice. Yeah, it was good stuff. Hey, uh, I just I noticed that Nikon put out that new D4S or is coming out or, you it's know, coming out. They've yep. sort of pre-announced it. And the, the D4 had this really cool memory card interface called XQD in it, which was. Uh, sort of, it's a PCI express based interface that can do like almost a gigabyte a second, basically like an SSD in your camera. Yeah. Yeah. It stands for expect it to quietly die. Yeah. (laughs) It's they're taking it out of the new one 
and no camera, no other cameras really ever used it. Apparently a few Sony video cameras use it, but like, I'm just surprised because it is such a better technology. It's faster. It's, you know, it's like the next generation. It just goes to show you sometimes the next generation people go, eh, current yeah. generation's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just Not so much. I think it's crazy how things like how much money was spent, how much technology time and everything. And they're like, this is going to be great. And then everyone just goes, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, it's just I, weird. I, I'm good with these 42 SD cards that I have in my bag. Well, that's exactly it. And who needs faster than that for anything other than like 4K uncompressed video, you know? Right, right. Uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe it will come back as 4K devices ramp up. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's a it's it's an idea too too early for its time. Right, too, right. Is that the right term? Sure. Yeah, we can go with that. All right. Uh, you like the fact that these people uh, recreated this picture? No, I don't like it at all. So Philip Bloom, who I think is is an amazingly talented DP, uh, posted this thing that that uh, a, a friend of his. I think it was a friend of his or, or a colleague or someone he knows, okay, uh, did this, this clip. And uh, an ad agency approached him. They said that they would like to license it uh, to use for a Coke ad. And he couldn't license it for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if he didn't have model releases or just couldn't license it. So the ad agency recreated his shot uh, – to a T. I mean, down to the clothing that the girls are wearing, down to the makeup that's on their faces, down to the background. They just recreated this thing exactly. Yeah. Rather than licensing it. Okay. And that's just bad form right there. Uh, So what, what, what do you think if they really wanted the shop, but he wouldn't sell it to him, what should they have done? They should have gone with something else, come up with a different concept. You, You can't just, or you shouldn't be able to just say, well, I couldn't get it from you, so I'm just going to steal your idea blatantly. Yeah. You know? I mean, it happens I mean, all the time. It's I, just, I don't I think it's legally reshoot, contestable. I can't reshoot Raiders of the Lost Ark with you know, people in my neighborhood and release it and, and call it an original idea. Uh, no, but because like... Because Lucasfilm will sue me into oblivion. Sure, but probably because... But I don't think it's because of the visuals. I think it would be because of the, the, the script. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, where something like this, uh, it's tough. I once had to do, I had to do a, 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 a cover. This, this is not inspired by Bill. This is a direct. Oh no, 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 it's down I, to the, the, the maroon hoodie and the, and the striped shirt. And- I, I agree. My friend Meg did, did this whole series of pictures where she had her friends and she, uh, had them take off their clothes and then she dumped stuff on their heads and then took pictures of them while it was happening. Mm-hmm. So she dumped like Pepto-Bismol on this girl's head and, you know, uh, uh, cereal with milk on this other guy's head and whatever. Um, and uh, the next year, some girl won PDN awards and was in the PDN magazine for doing the same exact thing. Stole, I mean, exact to the point where she'd shot somebody with Pepto-Bismol. Right, right. <clears throat> See, I, I think that's kind of. I think it's crappy. It's I just don't know that it's form. illegal. You know, you yeah. can't. I mean, how do you. How do you copy, you know, patent an idea or a visual concept? I mean, how many times has, you know, the lonely guy walking down the street in the middle of the night with melancholy music playing been used in a movie? Well, who's the first guy who did that? Should he get, you know? Yeah, but, but if, if the guy is using the same music, shooting on the same street, wearing the same suit, 
yeah, smoking the same cigarette, then then yeah, that's icky. That's bad form. It's it, I agree that it's bad form. It's terrible form. But like you know, that's and that's, it's and and it's saying that if you've got you know a, a stable of lawyers on retainer, you can get away with anything. All right, let me let me ask you a question then. Yeah. I I did a I did a book cover a few years ago for a woman, and she's up on her horse, and uh and it's like all you see is her hair, right? Okay. And she originally gave me a picture that she like that was sort of our inspiration for it, which was similar, but it was a different girl, different horse. She wanted on her horse, and the that you know her hair is blonde, and I ended up doing it a little bit differently, and it was you know different lighting and whatever it is. Um, did I do something wrong by taking that shot, or is how far away does it have okay. to be before it's? Without seeing the shot, I can't yeah. comment. But unless right. you recreated it exactly, then right. no, I don't think then you no. did. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I mean, I, I again, no. I agree with you that it's bad form, and they should have said, "Look, we're going to reshoot it. We'll give you five grand." Yeah, or yeah, you know, you or, know, what you know what? we'll give you, we'll pay you to recreate it because they had yes. to pay somebody to recreate it. Might yes. as well pay the guy who made it originally to recreate it. Yeah, much Don't, like they have Squeeze go and recreate Tempted for some soundtrack. Right. Which is don't don't crappy. don't don't remake Point Break with Gerard Butler playing <laughs> Bodie. Don't do that. Are they going to do that? That's what's going to happen. Is that real? It is real. Oh, Gerard Butler God is going to be playing Bodie. Don't don't do that. Let me tell you something. Point Break is perfect as it is. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't need to be changed. It, they're gonna, it's, they're, it's like when people cover Beatles songs. You're never going to do a better job than the Beatles did. So don't try. I don't know. I don't, I'm going to take a. I'm going to take umbrage with that one because uh, uh, Dolores Umbridge. Uh, no, uh, Harry Potter. What? <laughs> oh no, um, Rufus Wainwright. Okay. did a really great version of uh, Across the Universe. As did uh, what's her name? Who's the uh, Fiona Apple? Fiona Apple. She did a great version. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but but I I don't think that they're better than the original. No, they're just different. Yeah, they're different. And it's like, and those songs are just so great, you can't really screw them up, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, hey, you know, I was at uh uh what's it called the other day um uh uh suburban outfitters or urban outfitters urban outfitters <laughs> I like calling it suburban outfitters I know. And they had for sale a. Uh, one hundred and eighty dollar Polaroid refurbed camera, and it was like one of the you know the black ones with the with the Polaroid rainbow stripe down the front. Yep, the select Spectras or whatever they are. It was like one of those hundred and eighty dollars. If you go on eBay right now, they go for sixteen or eighteen bucks, and apparently they're buying them up, refurbing them. I'm big air quotes right now. And 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 selling them for one hundred and eighty dollars at, uh, at at Suburban Outfitters, and the um, even if you go to their store right now, it, apparently they're one hundred and fifty dollars online. Now, granted, you get three packs of their film, which normally costs what, like twenty bucks a pack, something like that. So I let's say sixty dollars. Exactly. So you're basically you're paying ninety dollars for a camera that you can get for twenty bucks. And it was I tweeted something about this, and somebody's like, "Well, you know, it does come with a warranty and this kind of thing." And I said, "I said, so you buy five of them and have four backups, like you know, yeah, like, yeah, save yeah. a lot of money. You're still saving money." Um, but it's just crazy. I wonder, I wonder how long the nostalgia for Polaroids in the Impossible Project will hold. Is that going to be there in twenty years? Probably not. Right. 
And do you think they think that it's only going to be here for a certain amount of time? And they're like, well, we'll make our money while we can. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, they're, they're, I think they're riding this sort of, you know, retro wave, retro hipster, <clears throat> yeah. you know, but Williamsburg. Well, you, you don't think over there they're thinking, oh yeah, this is like, this is, this is, I'm going to dr- pass this company down to my kids. Probably not. I don't yeah. Know. Anyway, I don't know. it's, it's just really interesting. I want to get some of the impossible, uh, uh, film. Actually, yeah. you know, a friend of mine, a guy shot for 365 portraits works for them. Dave bias. And he was going to so send me Dave. some, we were emailing and he was going to send me some and he never did. So I got to, now I got to look him up. I do want to get one of those SX seventies, the original foldable down ones. Sure. Just as sort of a piece foldable of down. I'm, flip, that- I'm flipping you off right now. <laughs> uh, uh, be sure to get one of those foldable down versions. <laughs> such a wise ass. Um, I do want to get one of those just as a piece of photographic history though. Cause that is sure. a cool piece of design. Yeah, I mean is. that that's like right up there. Yeah. That should be at MoMA, that thing. That thing's beautiful. Yeah, anyway. You can, you can get little wood skins for them, too. Like they have little wooden wood. skins because yeah, the they, leather ones aren't fancy enough? I, I guess not. They're, they're, they're veneered. You can get like a walnut or, or beech or ash. Ah, veneered like, like your teeth. <laughs> your, you have, do you have veneers on your teeth? No. All the, all the fancy people have veneers on their teeth. No, I'm not fancy. Hey, uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Fashionscape. Well, you finally watched it. I did. I did thing. finally get around to you, watching you it. You finally, you know, well, stop going to the gym or, oh, hey, I got to do some rowing. Hey, d- 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 in my defense, <laughs> it's four hours long. Yeah, it's 17 hours long. <laughs> Carl, Carl Taylor's Fashionscape is 17 hours long. Uh, and that's not including the, the bonus materials. Yeah, so friend, friend of the show, uh, Carl Taylor over in England, put out this DVD. And, you know, we're not, we're not about, uh, uh, you know, talking about every product that comes out here, but, uh, this is really good. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he goes, he goes through this whole process of him going up to Iceland with a super hot model and taking pictures of her. Santa is her name. Of course it is. And, uh, I wrote a little review on my new blog. I have a new blog, Jeffrey. Yeah. 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 Don't digress. Don't digress. Okay. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote a little post up, uh, just saying how fascinating it is to watch. And if, if, if you're into this whole, uh, you know, uh, fancy fashion you know the 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 big high profile high uh budget fashion kind of stuff uh this is and you want to know what it's like this is what it's like and and carl lays it out what i really like about it is a the way he talks about what he's thinking as he's thinking it yeah i mean and that's that's kind of that's that's the way that's that's the way he's done it he he lets i and i think that's one of the reasons i like watching him is a he's super passionate. B he's got an amazing technical skill set. But it's it's we're along on the shoot. Yes, that's 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 what this is. And I think with Fashionscape more than than even his other projects, right. which are great, he's he's almost created this sort of new genre. It's it's not a training DVD per se. Right. Uh, it's it's as if we are uh, another member of of the documentary crew. Along for this this ride, and I and, and I completely yeah I agree, and I, I think that if if this is the if this is the kind of photography I was trying to learn, and I learned the way I learned, this would be the way to go to do it, you know, yeah, because you're watching somebody do it, and then if he hits a snag, he tells you about the snag and says, oh, it's too windy, or we forgot this adapter, or you know the girl can't jump high enough, or or or. Yeah, because they're, they're at the waterfall and they have to wait seven hours for the light to change. Yeah, 
And then when the light does change, it also, the wind also changes. <laughs> so now they've got the spray blowing yeah. away from the waterfall instead yeah. of towards it. Yeah. And it's, you so know, it's, this is why I personally would just composite the shot instead of spending yeah, nine yeah. hours there waiting for yeah. the light to change. But it's, you know, it's, but it's, it, I, more power to them. But the, anyway, the DVD is really good. Fashion, how much does he charge for this thing? Fashionscape is, it's three DVDs. Yeah. And I think it's, it's 125 pounds. So what does that convert does to? Does he have a U.S. distributor? Uh, $195. Hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, Bailward just got a copy of it and loves yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, obviously not cheap, but but you know you're getting a lot for what you're getting. Well, okay, yeah, you're getting the DVDs, you're getting the bonus materials, yeah. you're also getting, you know, Carl Taylor's accent. Yeah, you're getting an a, a additional material online. Yep. Um, and you don't have to pay for it all at once. They're doing this new thing now where you can you can pay over three months. So oh, you don't have to you don't have to shell out two hundred bucks all at once. You can yeah. split it up if you want to, and and you know, so go check it out. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, yeah, g- uh, nice job, Carl. Very nice job, and thank you again for sending us a copy to take a look at. Um, hey, we should talk about our second sponsor, Shutterstock. dot com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really nice. I like that. Hey, uh, uh, the, the uh, now how many pictures of Iceland does Shutterstock have? I, I think they have nine pictures of Iceland. Nine pictures. Of, you go check yeah, that out. Yeah, yeah, because because they've got twenty eight pictures. So I think they're up to, oh, I think they're actually Jeffrey up to thirty two million. Yeah, uh, uh, twenty three thousand four hundred seventy <laughs> for Iceland. It is it is a very. Uh, wait, um, wait, 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 I gotta find footage. Hold on, videos, okay. videos, because I can't afford to. You can't you afford know. to go to Iceland to get some B-roll for your movie? No, 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 I can't do that. I'm not I'm not Carl Taylor. <laughs> so 3800 video clips from Iceland. That's see right there. That's that's crazy. Jesus. Uh, oh, Shutterstock.com. They, they have volcanoes there. Where, they have volcanoes yeah. in Iceland? Of course they do. It's a volcanic island. But I mean like active. Like there's Oh yeah. Shutterstock has Okay, don't you remember that like Heathrow and all of Western Europe was like shut down all the airports oh, yeah, that a couple was from years Iceland. ago? That was from Iceland. Uh, with that with that with that mountain that no one could actually pronounce, so they just wrote it down every time because it was thirty seven syllables. Yeah. Uh shutterstock.com where you'll find twenty eight or not twenty eight million, thirty two million. <laughs> is that what they're you'll up to now? Twenty photos. Uh, 32 million uh, stock images, photos, vectors, illustrations, a million over a million video clips. So start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or other creative project. Now, Shutterstock.com gives you a global image collection like pictures from Iceland uh, to find your images from across the world from places like Iceland to suit your project like that movie about Iceland that you're making. Hey, you know what? I'm what? still waiting for Shutterstock to take us up on the 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 found footage film festival. I think actually we should really send them. Uh, uh, I think this is a great idea. All right, well, and write an email while I'm doing the ad. Found footage film festival. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jeffrey's <laughs> like <laughs> Jeffrey's like subject line found footage. <laughs> yeah, I think this is great. Uh, uh, choose between your image packs and your monthly subscription packages. So if you have a site that needs tons and tons of stock images all the time, because you're you're running the Verge or, or Huffington Post, you want these monthly subscription packages. So you need a picture of a guy typing on a typewriter. You can find one. 
Uh, if you just need one image for your blog or mock-up, you can do that too by, by one or two. Uh, and every time you visit Shutterstock.com, you'll find something new because they had 20,000 new images a day, 12,000 new videos each week, and it's more affordable than you think, and there's no extra charge for large files. If you need the high res, just take it. They don't nickel and dime you. Uh, they get, you can easily create and share via light boxes. So you can choose your favorite pictures, videos, add them to your Lightbox. They got an iPad app to do this, and you could share them with 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 the people you're working with. Uh, and there's something called enhanced license access, of course. Uh, so if you like an image, you want to run it, uh, run it, some print or swag, you know, to make a, a T-shirt or something, you can do that. You get enhanced license for the image. Um, and of course, the, the Jeffrey and I's favorite part is the huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates. Uh, that's cool stuff. I love and, me some infographics. And of course, video clips, uh, should you need any of those. But look, if you need help, they will help you out because they got these account reps that don't sleep. Uh, they're available 24 hours a day during the week. So go sign up for a pre-browse account at Shutterstock.com. There's no credit card needed. And uh, when you decide that you uh, decide you, you find what you like and you decide to purchase, use the offer code PICTURES114 and they'll get 25%. 25%, Jeffrey. 39,557 results for cowboy. <laughs> Why cowboy? I don't know. <laughs> there was a picture of a horse, and that got me thinking about Tombstone, and then Tombstone got me a cowboy. I don't know. And and we're back. So, so now we're back to- uh, We're back to Val Kilmer. Oh, I thought we were back to uh, Westworld. Oh, Westworld. Oh, yeah. yeah. Westworld or Val Kilmer. <laughs> so use the offer code pictures114. <laughs> you get 25% off any package you put together over at Shutterstock.com. And we thank them very much for their support of On Taking Pictures and 5x5. Five five. Uh, thanks, Shutterstock. Um, I, I think I'd like to talk to Val Kilmer. He's doing that that uh, that Mark Twain one-man show that's supposed to be amazing. Is that in – where is that? It's, he's touring it. He's, oh, he's, okay. he's touring it all I've over. I've seen the makeup. I've seen the before and after makeup. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. I like Val Kilmer. Uh, I like Val Kilmer too. It, when I watched um, Top Gun a couple weeks ago, yep, I realized that he had like that mole removed from his cheek and stuff. Okay, and and that people back in 1984 had crooked yellowed teeth and they didn't worry about it as movie stars. When did all that start? When did the the quest for a movie star perfection happen? You know what I mean? I don't know. Because movie stars didn't used to be perfect. Even we watched uh, War Games a couple weeks ago for my birthday, and you know Matthew Broderick and and what's her name, uh, Ali Sheedy. Jamie Gertz. No, Jamie Gertz. Not in War Games. Ali Sheedy, baby. Nope. Was it? Yes. Are you sure? I watched it last week, and I don't like Jamie Gertz, and I do like Ali Sheedy. So yes, it's Ali Sheedy. But there's what was Jamie Gertz in uh, something else. <laughs> Some some other movie inside of your head, <laughs> your deepest darkest fantasies. <laughs> oh, you know what she was in? <laughs> your deepest darkest fantasies? No, no, oh. no. What? What am I thinking of? Don't you have IMDb open while you we're know doing what this? I was thinking? Uh, Lost Boys. Sorry. Ah, oh, Lost Boys. Yeah, was another another eighties big... movie. Yeah, but that's the vampire thing. I don't do the vampire thing. I don't. I don't do vampires. Yeah, back back in the back when we were in high school, we used to have this fr- uh, friend of ours, Jason Nardi, used to hang out at the Dunkin' Donuts all the time. I may have told this story, and my and my sister and I were there with him like on a Saturday night because this is what you do in Southbury, Connecticut. You sit down and you sit down at the Dunkin' Donuts on a Saturday night. And Jason had been drinking a little, I think, or something, and he had his sunglasses down, kind of whatever. And my sister Melissa was just like, you know, what do you like, grape 
or strawberry jelly. And it was like, grape. And like, what do you like? Grape or strawberry jelly? Strawberry. And she goes, Jason, grape or strawberry? And Jason goes, he like pops up, pulls his glasses up, points at Melissa, and he goes, I don't do jelly. <laughs> and i don't know why it was funny but it's still funny today that's great i don't do jelly that should be the t-shirt i don't do jelly on taking pictures because it doesn't make sense just a complete non seriously yeah this week we have to get a t-shirt done Ugh, our people I are know. requesting it i know something's easy simple all right all right. Uh, anything else before we uh, talk about our? No. Okay. Nothing. Let's get to it. Who's who's our photographer of the week? Photographer of the week. Uh, landmark. A monster. Bill would say. Yep, monster. Uh, uh, architectural <laughs> photographer. What? It's just the way you said monster reminds me of that that scene in Catch. Uh, 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 was it uh, Catch Me If You Can? Is that the one? With Tom Hanks and yeah, Leo. yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, where they go talk to the guy about the printing. He's like, "Who could print this?" He's just like Heidelberg, the Germans. <laughs> like it's like these old Jewish printing guys, and they're just nice. like, "Yeah, it's just like it's per- it's a monster. It's a Heidelberg. Yeah. You could almost smell the weight." Go ahead. Uh, so Julius Schulman, um, who is an incredible architectural photographer, yeah, um, and the subject of a really wonderful documentary called Visual Acoustics. Which, if you if you haven't seen it, I don't know if is it's it still on the Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. If it's not, look for it. It's probably out there somewhere. You can probably find you know Amazon or, or something like that. Okay. Uh, but but Shulman was was and in fact still for me the only person that I would say that I can think of right off the top of my head that makes portraits of architecture. Uh, I would agree with that. I mean, I'm sure there are others, but I I'm agree, sure there are other, I agree that he does make portraits of architecture. How about that? Yeah. Um, captures the soul of a place, the essence of a place. Now, here's in- the thing. Do you think that he, that the modernist architectural schools of the time, of the 50s and 60s, right? That those lended themselves to this type of photography, that that he was alive at the right time to capture photography when photography was visually interesting in that way. I think he lived at a time not only not only was was photography interesting, but architecture was that's what I'm saying, that the architect, the things he was taking pictures of were cool looking in a way that houses that they build now aren't as much. Uh, I think there's probably a lot to that. Yeah, sure. I like modernist houses and buildings. Sort of mid-century. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, I shot in the, the, uh, the glass house, the Philip Johnson Mm -hmm. one time. And it's just like, you walk around there. It's like, I could totally live in a place like this. People spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on these old, like colonial McMansion-y kind of looking things. And I was like, you could make anything. Why don't you make something cool? You know, yeah. something that's like interesting in some way. And you look at this guy's photography and you just it it makes me long for a time when people built architecture. See, here's the thing. I think that I think that architecture sometimes I, I love the idea of architecture as art, but it also has to be usable because the space is all about use ultimately. You know, sure. I think architecture step one is function. And if you can make beautiful form while it fits that function is fine. I think sometimes 
architecture goes so far to the point where the form takes over the function and it's sort of like, well, no, this is a building to be used, not a sculpture. There's the line between architecture and sculpture to me. Right. Sure. Um, and I think the the kinds of things that he was shooting back then were like this, they were towing right along that line of, yes, this is, this is using space and using, you know, golden ratios and means and, and, and things to describe, you know, empty space and, and that kind of stuff in ways that were artistically interesting, but also very livable. Yes. In a way that they were very human in a way that some modern, modern architecture, like contemporary architecture, I feel has like lost that level of humanity. It's gone, it's gone so far trying to be something different that it no, it sort of lost touch with what it was supposed to be doing. There's a, I think there was a warmth. Yeah. That- that belies the austerity of mo- of mid-century modern architecture. Yes. Yeah. That it it didn't feel cold. It 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 still managed to somehow and, and, and even through the furnishings and through through accessories it, it felt organic despite using these new materials at the time of of concrete, glass, steel and using them in ways they hadn't been used before. Right. It still felt very organic. Right. Yeah. I don't, I, I, the, and so, I mean, to get back to the actual guy, um, I mean, this stuff is beautiful. It just really is. Yeah. And was shooting up till, you know, when he died, he died at 98. Imagine if you and I lived in 98. Uh, that's a long, long time. Yeah. It's like, that's a long time. Three or four years. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I do think his, his black and white work has much more impact for me yes, than, than color stuff. Um, well, you know what it is because it's more graphic then, right? Mm-hmm. When you bring the color into it, then it's an actual space and not shapes. I think, I think this stuff works best when he found angles that were, that were geometrically interesting, not necessarily, interesting from the point of view of reality, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in fact, there, there are those two shots that are very similar of the, the classic one that's on the cover of, I think that the movie, right. Where it's of you know, the, the, the glass house on the hill there. Yeah. The stall house mm-hmm. where it's like one of them is color and one of them is black and white. And the one that's black and white is, is more interesting to me. Yes. Maybe cause it's also got those cool looking girls in the dresses in the window. Uh, Maybe. Because I think it, I think they're the same. I think they were taken at the same night. Yeah, just uh, beautiful, beautiful work. You know, architectural um, photography is. Um, it's like there. It's amazing when you find people like this who, um, and Margaret Burke White, to some extent, when it came to like the bridges and all that kind of stuff, who were taking architectural stuff and turning it into art and not just having it be documentary. Because mm-hmm. a lot of you know when you see like the new office building or a new apartment for sale, and they have some really amazing photographer. Or even if you read like Architectural Digest and stuff, I don't see the photographs as art as much as I see them as trying to document art. The right. art being the architecture or the space, right? You know, right. Where they, this I, stuff is is their their art. The the photographs are art, mm-hmm. and the subject in them is art. So it's like doubly you know. Yeah, they're they're not, or they're 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 not as much anyway. Uh, a product shot, 
No, they're in fact, it, I'm sure in some ways they were meant to be on some of them, but I, it doesn't feel that way to me. No. And but it, look, there are a lot of photographers that that are are really, really great product photographers that yes. that that are able to do this, that are yeah. able to take a product and and somehow elevate it or or allow it to transcend what it actually is in a photograph. And, and that's, that's, that's that elusive thing, right? What, what is that? How does one do that? Yeah, and yeah, to, yeah. Get, to get back to your, your AI thing, I don't think that's something that an AI, at least I hope it's not, is, able, is going to be able to take out. I hope that an AI is not going to be, take the, it's not going to be able to take over that human element, to take over um, memory and vision and empathy and how all of those things sort of culminate into tell that to the chess grandmasters. Yeah, but I mean, the chess isn't, isn't, I mean, at that point, are you going to say chess is rules? No, uh, but, but there are, there are patterns that emerge. There are patterns in art. Don't kid yourself. Sure. No, sure. There are patterns in art, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. It's, is, is it that you really don't think it's going to happen or does it, does it just scare you that it will like that makes you uncomfortable that if it does happen? Um, I think too many people are lazy enough to have more <laughs> and more decisions taken away from them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Exert, exert your will, exert your thoughts, beliefs, intonations, whatever it may be, put your stamp on it. Whatever it is that you do, put your stamp on it. Yeah, true. By the way, uh, Steichen also did beautiful product photographs of like the, um, you know, the, the famous picture of here, I'll show you an image, the, the picture of the, um, here, like this one of lighters. Oh, right, 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 right. All that kind of stuff. And bottles, weren't there like perfume bottles? Yeah, and there's there's a whole set of ones of uh, pictures of uh, silverware that he did too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there there are those people out there, you know, who are doing stuff like that. Um, In the same way that that, uh, Shulman was doing for for architecture. Yep. It's good stuff. Anything else you want to say? Uh, Gosh, uh, reviews if you want to leave a review hit us up on itunes look yeah, for the show we got a good uh, review last week yes it was very nice thank yeah. you um podcast at ontakingpictures.com yep. you can get a hold of bill and i uh you can follow bill on the twitter at bill wadman yep. you can follow me on the twitter at jeff uh, jeffrey sidoris uh bill's got a brand new blog it's billwadman.com slash blog right uh, you can also visit fade and blurred which i encourage you to do uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> because you like it yeah uh anything else what else so what, what what's going to happen what's going to happen to on taking pictures.com the domain uh i i haven't decided yet all of the content that was on on taking pictures.com all of my posts are now on billwadman.com slash blog Okay. Maybe it um, needs to be like a community hub or something. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it, it, it we have options now, you know? Yes. I mean, initially uh, I, oh. I think I was going to split it up and have it be, uh, see, I don't want to double up the show posts from five by five cause it's better to have it all in one place, you know? Um, yeah. Cause you, you don't want to give people multiple ways to find you. Well, anything. no, I multiple ways to find us is fine, but I don't want, I don't want two, 
two identical sort of uh, uh, um, what's it, canonical sites. You know what I mean? Like one is going to be the official one. You know. Um, so uh, I, okay. So, so I so I I'm going to interesting choice. <laughs> so I'm I, I don't know what I'm going to do. We'll figure it out. Uh, how much time we have left? We're at at our normal time or over? Why? We're over. We're at like a buck forty. Buck okay. thirty-five. Okay, good. Uh, group on taking pictures. G plus community folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys wrecked it with the Roll Twenty Four project. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank oh, you. Right, thank we have you. to give them their new assignment. Fantastic participation. Great shots. Love seeing this. Uh, if you haven't yet participated and you'd still like to, go ahead. Shoot twenty-four images, sequential images. Don't edit. Don't cut. Shoot 24 images working a single subject mm-hmm. and then uh, go into your, your, your editing or, or, or organizational app of choice, whether it's Lightroom or Aperture or whatever it is that you use and uh, shoot, uh, go, go ahead and do, do a screenshot and, uh, and post it in the group. We'd love to see it. Tag it with hashtag Roll24 so yep. you can see it. Uh, some fantastic stuff being posted. So thank you, thank you, thank you guys for doing that. Uh, let's let's keep it going, shall we? Yeah. And so we for next week we're gonna we're gonna go back to a single image, uh, single image, challenge. right? Yep. Uh, single image. And for this one, it's all about underexposure. It's about pulling down. If you if you're gonna no, wait, use a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Could they interpret underexposure? metaphorically instead of literally. Okay. Should I not even give any more information than that? Maybe not. Maybe okay. not. All right. We'll just leave it as underexposure. What does underexposure mean to you? Yep. Because it could be literal, could be metaphor. It's true. You could have somebody in a hajib. <laughs> <laughs> underexposure. That's, that's where you go. That's where I go, baby. I still got, I got to give uh, what's his name a call. I still that's have to take great. that picture. That's great. Okay. So then tag them. Underexposure. Yeah. Hashtag underexposure. Okay. And we, we will try and figure out uh, within the next week where these things are going to live. I think we're going to do some reorganization of the group because the, 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 the subsections don't really make sense moving forward. We've got – this is the other thing. This is the other thing. Uh, well, let, me get the, let me get my numbers accurate. I want to I be, be accurate for you, folks. There's accuracy? There's accuracy. Uh, where is it? Here it is. Okay. Uh, 842 members. Yeah, so, that's nice. So since, since the new year, 42 new people. Yeah. We need to, we need to, I, once we get over a thousand, then I think we have like, uh, th- then, then it's going to reach critical you know mass what? where it's, it's going to start exploding. It's just never good enough for you. Hey, I'm reaching for perfection. I'm trying to jump to the top of Everest, Jeffrey. That's right. That's right. Uh, so thank you, guys. Keep them going. Keep posting photos. Keep discussing. The, 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 the commentary is great. The discussion is great. It's, it's a supportive group, a supportive community, which is, I think, necessary. But that's just me. Um, and I love that, you know, even people that, that say, look, this isn't working for me. I don't know why you made this choice. Uh, don't, don't take that personally. Take it as a challenge. Take it, take it for what it is. Don't, don't, don't get all bitter and bent out of shape. Um, you know, we're, we're all trying to learn and grow and move forward. Yep. 
So, yeah. All right. Underexposure. <clears throat> I like this one. See? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say? Um, I don't know. No? Okay. Yes? I don't know. <laughs> All right. I think we should end this now. <laughs> All right. Good. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Bye. <laughs> Try to